Hey, good morning, friends. This is Matthew, the parish pastor on the east side. Our scripture reading for this morning's reflection comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 29 to 39. And after reading this, I'll pray and then share a couple thoughts um, from this text. After Jesus had left that place, he passed along the Sea of Galilee, and he went up the mountain where he sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the mute, and many others. They put them at his feet, and he cured them, so that the crowd was amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. And then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for the crowd, because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. The disciples said to him, Where are we going to get enough bread in the desert to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus asked them, Well, how many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven, and a few small fish. And then ordering the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and after giving thanks, he broke them. And he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowd. And all of them ate and were filled, and they took up the broken pieces, left over seven baskets full. Those who had eaten were 4,000 men besides women and children. And after sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we thank you for this picture of Jesus today, meeting the very real and tangible needs of people, people that he had compassion on. God, we pray that we would sense in this moment the Spirit moving towards us and having compassion on us. Um, Father, we pray that we would sense the very real fullness that comes from being fed by Jesus. And God, we even pray that there would be left over, that there would be excess at the end of our time this morning with you uh, that could carry us through the rest of this day. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The uh, story of Jesus in the wilderness feeding the crowd is a story that we read a lot. And the reason we do is because every gospel writer tells it. And the fact that Jesus at one time feeds a crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children, and at another time, actually it appears maybe even just a couple weeks later, feeds a crowd of 4,000 uh, men, not counting women and children, it means that this happens a lot. And so here we are in this story again, and it's probably like, okay, what more to say is there to say about about this. And I think that there's just a kindness in the Bible with coming back to this story again and again. And I think that there's probably a lesson for you and me from the Holy Spirit that there's um, there's always more in the text. There's always more. The first thing I just want to say to us that comes out of the story for you and me today is that Jesus had compassion on the crowd. He says, I have compassion on this crowd because they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. And I and listen to this. I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. There's something so incredibly kind about Jesus in that sentence. He's just aware of fragility. He's just aware of frailty, and he wants to do something about it. I just, I begin with this because I want you to imagine, like, I, I know that we're... <laughs> 
we're living in constantly shifting realities. It is hard to know day to day, week to week, what is going to be going on at the end of this week. And yet, um, Jesus sees the fatigue. He sees the weariness. He sees the disappointment. He sees the struggle. He knows what's going on uh, in us. And he has compassion on us. Um, Just begin with this idea that Jesus knows where you are right now. He sees how long it's been. uh, And he doesn't want to send you away hungry. And so maybe even just in this small little 10 minutes of reflection, you can just imagine Jesus wants to feed you right now and he doesn't want you to go away hungry. Now, the moment that we're living in right now is, as I've said multiple times recently, a simultaneous, uh, two simultaneous historic moments happening um, at once. Both of these events most likely are going to end up in some part of a history book down the road. Uh, the pandemic of 2020 and then this this what feels like a watershed moment in race, racial justice and racial relations in our country. And so figuring out how to be a part of this moment, um, well, it's, it's the work before us right now. Every one of us has this work before us. And I want to remind you of something that is at the, the center. What is the spirit of restoration work? What is the, the center of healing work? And we get it from actually the first part of our story today where Jesus is healing all these people. He heals the maimed and the blind, the mute, and many others. And something to remember about the, di- the day in which Jesus lived, which is still somewhat true today. It kind of maps onto our, our current world, but not, not quite as much as that. Those, those in that day who were disabled, they didn't get disability. There was no safety net. If you were disabled, if you were you were in every way, the system was stacked against you. So when Jesus heals a maimed person, a mute person, a lame person, when he gives sight to blind people, he is literally restoring their entire life. He is setting them on a new track. He's not simply getting rid of like you know a, a, a difficult impediment. He is he is truly restoring and saving their entire life. And listen to what it says happens. When the people saw this restoration work, this healing work, it says they praised the God of Israel. Uh, I think that it's beautiful for us to remember as we are engaged right now as a church, as a nation, as individuals in this great work of raising awareness, of being uh, educated, of opening ourselves up to, to hard conversations, of doing the hard internal work of routing out uh, racism within our own hearts for the sake of our brothers and sisters of color, that the end game, the end goal of this whole thing is worship of God because restoration work draws attention to God because God is a restoring God. He's a miracle worker. He's a healer. He is a restorer of all broken and lost things. As we talk so much about weeping with those who weep, my friend Micah has reminded me repeatedly in the recent weeks that we weep with those who weep, but the other part of the command is we rejoice with those who rejoice. And the reason why we weep with those who weep is so that we can work alongside and move towards joy. That's the goal. We want to actually move towards worship and joy that is shared with one another when we have accomplished what we have set out to accomplish. Restoration work is about worship. And then we have the second story, this famous story of the feeding of the 4,000. You may remember, and I I certainly don't expect you to, to keep a catalog of all the podcasts we've done now over the last three months, but the very first week we did this, 
the very first time I recorded a podcast, it was the end of March, I think it was like the 25th, and I recorded a uh, devotion on Mark's account of this story, the feeding of the 4,000. And when I saw it come up this week in Matthew's gospel, I was I was tempted to just pass it by. Um, but then I thought, you know, I actually, um, I actually think I probably need to return to the things that I was thinking about back then because, because a lot's happened in three months. The world's a really different place today than it was what hasn't changed is that we are still living in a time of deep uncertainty and that accompanying that uncertainty is um, widespread scarcity. Many of us still experiencing um, relational scarcity. Many of us are still experiencing um, a scarcity of, of freedom. Um, for many of us, we've been trapped in our houses with kids now for months there's just been a scarcity of space, of privacy. For others, we've been trapped in houses by ourselves for months. And there's been a scarcity of contact, of human touch. And so I just want to um, I just want to say again what I remember the Lord laying on my heart back in March, which still feels true today, which is that what Jesus does in this story is he takes our scarcity, and he makes it enough. He takes what doesn't feel like enough and he turns it into more than enough. That's what Jesus does. As I look at the what feels like the cliff in front of me and our church around how do we actually tangibly move towards becoming a church of racial reconciliation? How do we actually tangibly take ground in this? I just remember that Jesus takes my scarcity and he makes it into enough that's what he does he is always taking the little we're able to offer and turning it into overflow and i still think that maybe a word for you and me in this season is the thing that i said now you know 10 weeks ago jesus this is what i have and it's not enough i don't have enough time with people i don't have enough time away from people i don't have enough money I, I don't have enough opportunities or options. I'm feeling stretched or pushed or pinched. I'm feeling overcome with the need of the world around me, and I'm unable to know how to do any of it well. So Jesus, I'm going to just offer this little bit to you, and I'm going to say I need you to multiply this. I need you to take the fragments that I have, and I need you to make it overflow. And I believe that when we do that, what we are doing is holding out simply a posture of faith. We're, we, are, we are leaning into our, child, our childlikeness because that's what children do. Children don't have enough. Children, children can't pay the mortgage. Children don't, children don't do the things grown-ups do. And yet it is the joy of a child to get to participate in the world of grown-ups to feel like they're doing something, that they're contributing, that they're a part of it. And I think that that is part of the joy of a moment like this, of just recognizing that the little bit I have, I'm going to give it to you because you are the one who can make it more than enough for those around me. So may you, this week, be content with what you have. 
even though it's not enough, probably. And may you feel the freedom to offer it as it is and not have to spruce it up, but just let it be what it is, as meager as it is. Offer it to God. Understand that he already has had compassion on you, has already determined that he does not want to send you away hungry. He knows what you need. And just say, I I need you to do something with this that only you can. I need you to meet me in this space of scarcity and make it enough. Grace and peace to you, friends. You are loved. I hope that we will see each other very soon.